Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 15 and read from verse 19. All the firstling males that come out of thy herd and of thy flock thou shalt sanctify unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt do no work with the firstling of thy bullock nor shear the firstling of thy sheep. They were to make no money from those firstling males that come of the herd. Thou shalt eat it before the Lord thy God year by year in the place which the Lord shall choose thou and thy household. And if there be any blemish therein, as if it be lame or blind or have any ill blemish, thou shalt not sacrifice it unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt eat it within thy gates, the unclean and the clean person alike shall eat it, as the roebuck and as the heart. Only thou shalt not eat the blood thereof, thou shalt pour it upon the ground as water. We come now in verse 19 of chapter 15, we come to a small subsection of this book of Deuteronomy. It shows important instructions as to certain things which have to be done in the place where Jehovah shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. These instructions were very important. You know, in the last week or so, we have seen the Synod of the Church of England trying to decide on new laws for their church. They have been uh, discussing as to whether their decisions would be, as some have said, legally binding or not, or whether a compromise could be obtained for those who could not agree with the outcome of their deliberations and discussions. And let's not forget that all these discussions are for an office within their church, the office of bishop, which is so far removed from the teaching of scripture as to make one wonder where this church will finally end up. It's little wonder that throughout the business few if any dare to mention never mind seem to believe in the Bible and you know many who uh, rejected the final decision they are threatening to move off into another apostate church I was reading Jeremiah 15 verse 17 and we didn't see much evidence of godly indignation similar to the situation Jeremiah found himself in here's what he said I sat not in the assembly of the mockers nor rejoiced I sat alone because of thy hand for thou hast filled me with indignation (laughs) very few have shown any kind of righteous indignation in what was going on how could they? 
when their accepted Druid leader regards the teaching of John and Revelation as those of a deranged mind. And here on the on the Sunday program this morning, the leader of the Anglicans in Wales, he said he'll have no problem ordaining any man for as the point the office of bishop. If, if he's okay and a good man in every way, but happens to be a homosexual, that wouldn't in fact make an awful lot of difference in his eyes. So there we are. Now I believe that any church which has strayed so far from the teachings of God and scripture has lost any right to be even regarded as a Christian church. You know, there was no such problem with Israel. And thankfully, no problem as far as Bible-believing Christians are concerned in relation to the true church of Jesus Christ. God has given us his rules as to how we are to behave in the assembly of God. God had given Israel clear teaching as to how they were to conduct themselves in their worship. The fact that they didn't do it is not the fact that the rules weren't clear. They were, but they disobeyed the same today. The rules are there. The, the way of how to behave in the church of God are clear and plain in scripture. Whether we accept them or not is up to us. These things here in the start of this little section in chapter verse 19 were enjoined and commanded they were not optional, but they were obligatory on every Israelite as the ordered service, as it says, year by year. You know, we all should remember the warnings of God in Psalm 89, verse 7. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. Let's continue. <coughs> Verse 19. All the firstling males that come of thy herd and of thy flock thou shalt sanctify unto the Lord thy God. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13 and verse 2. Sanctify, the Lord spake, sanctify unto me all the firstborn whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast. It is mine. The firstborn of beast or of man was to be hallowed, separated unto the Lord. Remember what had happened. God had sent his destroying angel in chapter 12, the death of all the firstborn. He'd sent his destroying angel over the land of Egypt those under the protection of the blood of the lamb 
we're redeemed and saved from the wrath of God. God had said, when I see the blood, <coughs> I will pass over you. A clean animal, a lamb without blemish and without spot, had been slain so that the firstborn were delivered from death. Just, just stop there for a, a minute in this story. God, in Exodus chapter 4, when he was instructing Moses to go and speak to Pharaoh, in chapter 4 and verse 22, it says, And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Even my firstborn. Interesting, does. You know, I wonder, did Pharaoh, when all the firstborn were uh, destroyed throughout the land of Egypt, I wonder, did it pass through his mind what Moses had said to him on one of the first occasions when he had met that Israel was God's firstborn? When all the firstborn in the land of Egypt had been slain and all the people of Israel were let go free. <clears throat> I don't think he did because he chased after them and tried to get them all back again. But that's another story. In this respect, all Israel, God's firstborn, were redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Interesting thought. This Passover, God had passed over. And if you look at Isaiah chapter 31 and verse 5, you'll see uh, the other occasion where actually the word Passover is used in, in Scripture. And it says, As birds with outstretched wings, so will Jehovah of hosts cover Jerusalem. Covering, he will also deliver. Passing over, he will rescue it. And this gives a very good picture of Passover. God's Passover. God passing his wing of protection in the power of redemption over his people. Like a bird protecting it's young, covering them so that the destroyer cannot enter. And that's a lovely thought. And that's, we have that thought similarly in Hebrews 11:28. By faith Moses celebrated the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them destroyer of the firstborn might they were getting God's protection Israel's firstborn of beast and man were thus saved through the death of a divinely appointed substitute and because Israel's firstborn escaped through the death of a divinely appointed provided substitute accordingly they are presented in scripture as a living people dedicated to God and they were to be 
hallowed in God's sight. And as we saw, God said, Israel is my firstborn, saved by the blood of a lamb. They are privileged to consecrate now their ransomed life to him who had ransomed them. They had been redeemed out of Israel, and now they were to be hallowed in God's sight. The grace of God alone had made them different, made that difference in their lives, and had given them the place of living men in his presence. They, they could have been dead, but they had been redeemed, and now they were to be presented to God. They were to be hallowed in God's sight. And as regards us, what does the, the, the scripture say? Paul, writing in Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We have been redeemed. Therefore, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And again, again it says, Ye are not your own, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We have been purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, therefore we have to be hallowed, be holy in his presence. And from this time on, the firstborn of clean animals were to be presented to the Lord however the firstborn of every unclean beast a man man who was regarded in God's sight as unclean had to be redeemed and so in this passage in Exodus that we're looking at look at verse 13 and every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children thou shalt redeem. Here we see two classes, the clean and the unclean. And where is man? man is with the unclean, with the, 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 the ass. That if it wasn't redeemed, his neck was to be broken. Death faced that animal unless redemption came in. And man is equated with this unclean animal. And death faced that man, spiritual death, in the face man in all his educated glory man the ruler of the worlds man the philanthropist man the great crusader and space explorer man the unclean before God and in his sight totally worthless in his efforts as to goodness and righteousness man's works in God's sight as filthy rags worthless as an ass whose neck was to be broken. Man in need of redemption, 
come through the blood of the Lamb. What a humiliating picture of proud man in his natural condition. Oh, if we could only get that into people's minds and into our own minds. How they would want to be washed in the blood of a lamb so that their guilt could be removed. Their wickedness removed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ was the lamb, the clean, the spotless lamb. We are the unclean. But you see, he came down, he took our position. For on the cross, he was made sin and treated as such. That which we should have endured throughout the ages of eternity, he endured on the cross. He bore all that was due to us in order that we might enjoy what was due to him. He got our deserts and we became the firstborn through him. The clean took for a time the place of the unclean in order that the unclean might take forever and enjoy the presence of the clean in heaven. And thus, and so, and as a result of that, by nature, we are represented by the, the figure of an ass with his neck broken. By grace, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are represented and have the eternal security of peace with God in the presence of the glorified Jesus Christ in heaven. And that's what's behind these verses in uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 15. All the firstling males that come of thy herd and of thy flock, thou shalt sanctify unto the Lord. All these clean animals were to be set apart unto God. So we have, as in the passage in Exodus 13, we see that man must only be redeemed as well. As the unclean animals, man was an unclean animal. And look what it, look what it says. In verse 21. And if there be any blemish. If there be. Be lame or blind. Or any ill blemish. Thou shalt not sacrifice it. Unto the Lord thy God. We are to present our bodies. A living sacrifice unto God. And there's nothing in us. Nothing in man. That makes us acceptable unto God. But it is through the unblemished, sinless, spotless Son of God 
living within us that we can therefore present ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Praise God that the Lamb of God was without blemish and without spot. As Peter says, For as much as ye know ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. As these guys want to go back to tradition of their fathers. Don't. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Redemption, you see, always in God's sight has sonship in view. Go to Galatians chapter 4. And you see, you see verse there. Galatians 4. Verse 4. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, under the maid under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. To redeem man. Who was worthless. The equivalent of an ass with a broken neck. To redeem them that were under the law, that he, they that we might receive the adoption of sons, the sonship. Look at Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Ephesians one three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Thinking of the picture of the donkey again, the ass with a broken neck, this is what God had in mind for us. Having predestinated us unto the adoption as sons of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. He was appointing us as sons. We have been brought out of Egypt. We have all come up out of Egypt, those who have accepted Christ as their Savior. And look, look what it says in Hebrews 12, 23 Hebrews 12 23 we're, we're not come unto a mountain but come to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to the God to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect all those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God are here described as the firstborn the firstborn we've been redeemed and this brings us right back to the picture of the unclean man redeemed by the death of a lamb 
to Israel described as God's firstborn being redeemed by the blood of a lamb at the first Passover and of the lamb of God redeeming us through his own precious blood what a wonderful book the Bible is the way it all joins in all these various passages and stories all connecting to show us the beauties of the wonderful plan of God and his plan of salvation through the death of his beloved son you know God said when I see the blood I will pass over you what a wonderful message that is to man today those who have accepted Christ as their saviour have the covering wings of God over us, protecting us keeping the evil away, keeping the judgment of God away God's judgment came on Christ at Calvary when I see the blood I will pass over you God sees the blood of Christ in, that has saved me cleansed me from my sin and he says when I see that I will pass over you you shall not come into judgment but the interesting thing of these passages is that those who have been redeemed by the blood the firstborn they were to be hallowed separated for the service of God separated to be presented to him hallow me it says hallow me unto me every firstborn when we become Christian it doesn't end there it doesn't stop there yes we've been redeemed but God says hallow me we have to present ourselves as a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God all that is sheltered by the blood is to be hallowed unto God you see he has a distinct claim on my life as we said ye are not your own you've been bought with a price therefore glorify God in our bodies in our lives present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God we have been redeemed therefore we are his he has always had the desire that we should live for his pleasure and for his glory may we each one like it says in Acts Acts 20 and verse uh, 28 look at Acts 20 and verse 28 Paul speaking he says take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own precious blood take heed to yourselves that we present our bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God which is our reasonable service 
one distinct aspect of God's assembly that it is the assembly of the firstborn who are in heaven someday we will enjoy that wonderful privilege of gathering round the throne of God in heaven in the church of the firstborn in glory